You're listening to Stidia Cast, where we come together to discuss, gush, and occasionally cry about our love for Style Stalinsky and Lydia Martin. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material, support talented authors, and spend a little extra time with our OTP. This is Stidia Cast, because canon just isn't enough. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of City of Cast, during which we will be talking about the tenderness and sentimental movies by Brella, um, which is a brilliant fic that's basically a Lydia Martin love fest slash character study, so I am super excited and ready to record this, so let's go! I'm Rachel, and I can be found at Rongasm on Tumblr. I'm Anya, and I'm Styles to Like Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Rachel, and I can be found at MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. And I am Rosemary, and I am Row Your Boat on Tumblr. And to start with, I think that we should just open up with the, like, first scene where they're all standing together at graduation. Like, what was your first reaction to seeing Allison was alive in this universe? Gratitude. (laughs) 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 I love that, I love that Brella is basically just like, I, I just care about the core four so i'm gonna stick with that and and then write allison in and make her fantastic and there's just no apologies (laughs) you know and it's it's really great it was like the very first scene of the fic it was the very first scene of the fic and i was like this is already more closure than i hope to get in like all of season six of teen wolf this is beautiful and everything i could have wanted and then I got to the rest of the fic, and I was like, this is even better. Something I thought was really funny was Lydia's emotions during this kind of mirrored, like, how I felt. Like, oh, stop, she says presently, definitely holding in the emotion bubbling up in her chest. I was like, oh, Allison's here. I'm going to stay calm. Allison is here. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt through all this. One thing that I loved about the graduation scene was the fact that um, Lydia's frequently describing styles like she's not really focused on him but then when she does describe him throughout the fic it's beautiful like she describes him really beautifully and gracefully and there's a lot of stuff about like light and styles and just like I feel like whenever whenever he comes in to her point of view like her frame of reference and she's describing him it's just it reminds me of the lighting in the locker room in 311 i don't know why but to me styles throughout this fic was the lighting in that room does anybody else understand what i'm saying because it doesn't really make no, sense it's, no I, I get it it's like an aesthetic thing and i feel like your feelings can mirror that like and i don't know i i feel in punctuation sometimes so like <laughs> this was lots of like intero bang like exclamation question mark like wonderfulness i don't know then at the same time that she's describing styles in all these beautiful ways there's also this part where she says there's a neon pink band-aid on his pinky from where he had given himself a paper cut yesterday and if that is not the most styles description of styles that you have ever heard i don't know what is (laughs) it's fun to hang out with brella's versions of the characters because she stopped watching the show around season four ish um when she realized that the quality had dropped a lot um and so brella saved herself she got out um and we are still here in the trash bin but it's really fun to hang out with characters like this because she still perceives them in like just this very different way than how we see them now because we spent 
all this extra time with them that she didn't get to experience. Um, and so especially reading styles, I feel like Lydia is pretty consistent. I would say that Lydia in this fic and Lydia in 5B and like 6A, hopefully, um, they line up for me. But styles in this fic is just like, oh my God. It's like every time I read an old fic, it's like reading an old friend. I'm like, hey, I remember you. I love you. Something I really love about this is, and kind of going off what you were saying, that we're seeing Lydia as she would be without the monumental event in her life that is her best friend dying and living without Allison. Um, and I think there's an optimism and kind of perception of the world here that she's lost and that I kind of hope she comes back to in season six and in the future. Uh, I really enjoyed reading through her perspective because it was this very calculated attitude like the umbrella's intention was very clear in her characterization and I appreciated that yeah I totally agree and I think it's it's very interesting because I think Lydia in show canon right now like just canon um there's this edge of hopelessness to her I mean she's she has experienced so so much and it weighs so heavily on her and so it was really nice to see in this fic that that lightness that we've been missing lately I think from Lydia um especially in her interactions with with all of the characters really but um specifically with Styles and I love the scene um with Scott where she describes hugging him as sort of like getting a hug from the sun if such a thing wouldn't incinerate you to a pitiful whisper of existence instantaneously. <laughs> Lydia reciprocates, holding him as tightly as she can because it might be the last chance she'll have in a while, and they've saved the world together, and they're okay. They're all okay. And I just really like that kind of hopeful um, look, and, and it fits in well with, with Lydia's goals, I think, throughout the fic, and that she's getting away from Beacon Hills, and she's pursuing what she wants to pursue, and there's an optimism there that's sometimes lacking I think in this show yeah I absolutely agree I definitely think that this fic was a lot more lighthearted than a lot of current like um fics based in current canon are right now just because the show has gotten so overwhelmingly dark and it was really nice to see like all these jokes with the characters and all this lighthearted banter and sure there was like an undercurrent of finding closure and like healing but even at the beginning of the fic, there was the kind of feeling that we are still nowhere close to seeing in season six, or in season, like, up to season six. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I think that all of us really want to feel the end of this fic, or no, feel the, feel this fic, like, at the end of the show, like, as you were saying earlier, Anya, it's, it's just, it's, it's what the show's been missing in a lot of ways. It's very character heavy, and it really is. It's about like their wounds are scabs, but at least they've got a chance to become scabs. And I think that that's really important, and it's one of the reasons why Lydia left in the first place. Um, and as viewers who have spent however long you spent with this show, regardless, we've spent about five, six seasons at this point. It's like it's very. It would be very rewarding to get to see the characters healing like this, especially, I'm going to do it, I'm going to bring it up, Scott. I just <laughs> love, yeah, you're I love right. him in this fic. I love the way this fic portrayed him. I love his relationship with Lydia. Take it, Rosemary. 
No, it's, it, it made me sad because I want this for him so much. And I was telling you guys earlier that as I was reading this, I had this, like, impending sense of doom, like, this can't possibly last because that is what this goddamn show has conditioned me to think. Oh. Um, and I, I really appreciated this and its optimism and happiness and something I really enjoyed, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, is all the songs I love that. I love framing things with music. It just makes me happy, and I think it's... I always have a playlist for myself when I'm writing, and I just love that that was a way that she framed a piece. I totally concur, and I love, too, that she embedded links to the song in in the fic so that you could listen to the song as you read the section, which I totally... Thank you, AO3. And it really helps give that scene. I know it's like the very end, but it helps give the scene this like kind of peaceful, monumental feeling. Like it feels like a very big deal, even though I feel like, as with a lot of city ethics, the most of what's being said is completely between the lines. But when you put that song in there, it just like it really sets a it sets a tone for like what they're embarking on together, which is really beautiful beautiful and super duper rewarding. I love it. I just have to, I have to read a line from, from this first part. It's towards the end of uh, September song. I think I know you're going to stand up (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty beautiful, but it's, um, basically when Lydia's leaving and she looks over at the group um, and she she looks at Styles and she says he's only watching her the way one might watch a sunset, afraid to miss anything, struck with wonder at the beauty of the world and of things they could not understand. Just, first of all, that's really really beautiful. But I also really love the fact that she has Lydia looking at Styles and realizing that that's like noticing that he's looking at her like she's the universe, that she's this beautiful sunset. And how and wonderful that, is it that they're both so unguarded in that moment? That's something we don't have right now, and I hope that they get to someday. <sighs> unguarded Stidia is, like, the reason I get out of bed in the morning. I'm like, someday they're going to be unguarded around each other, and it's going to be awesome, and I'm so ready for it, but, like, I know it's not right now, but I can I can get through this day because Lydia Martin's going to let her guard down, and Styles Lindsay's going to realize that she's going to let him in, and... That's freaking awesome. Also, Rachel, when you were reading that line, I remember reading that line for the first time and thinking, oh my god, it's like, it's like Never Love a Wild Thing. And how Styles yeah. was saying that, like, Lydia's a universe. And I just, yeah. I thought about you while I was reading this fic a ton because <laughs> Brella just writes them beautifully every single time. And these consistent themes of their characters, the tropes that they fall into, they're tropes for a reason. They, they fit so beautifully um and it's like snapping a puzzle piece into the character when you have styles like later on in the fic he it's when they're skyping with each other and she she says that he says her name like it's a prayer or something like that and it's just like okay first of all don't get me started on styles saying his name because i have written like posts about this <laughs> but that line was unacceptable it was flat out like unacceptably wonderful like oh, fuck that I love that line just like just throughout this fit Styles is awestruck even though he has seen 
every part of Lydia and seen how flawed she is. And she literally left him behind in Beacon Hills and he never gets mad about it. Like, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't blame her for not texting him back. He just, he's so calm and, like, trusting with his heart and the way he gives it to her. And I miss that. But then again, I kind of feel like it's still there in a lot of ways, which comforts me. I definitely think that there's something really gorgeous about this fic in that even though it's a will-they-won't-they fic in a lot of ways, it's not because they're questioning their feelings for each other or or whether the other person feels the same way, but it's just, like, Lydia getting to the point where she feels okay enough to enter into a relationship with Styles, and even from the very first scene, she never questions that she feels this way about him and he feels this way about her. And it's just so nice because we get to see her noticing Styles looking at her in a beautiful way and we also get to see Lydia looking at Styles in a beautiful way and not being afraid to admit it like every single description of Styles like Rachel was mentioning earlier is just so good like she looks at his freckles and is like look it looks like the constellation of Orion like come on girl <laughs> yeah and I think that kind of speaks back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier and that in this fic, it's that optimism where they do have the chance to heal and move past things. And, Anya, I think you're totally right. You know, a lot of this fic was really Lydia trying to get herself into a place where she felt confident enough that she could pursue Styles and be vulnerable and unguarded with Styles. And Brella did just such a beautiful job, I think, showing that, that progression in Lydia and showing showing how much Lydia still loves her friends and yet still wants to do things and be out in the world and um, and showing that her friends are supportive of that, too. They're not trying to keep her in Beacon Hills. Well, and there's this great line in this first section that's, there are no pack wars, no Nikitsune, no Kanemas. There's a mermaid and a fireworks show and a drive to Denny's at 2 a.m. That's it. This was such a calming line. Like, ah, uh, it's exactly what I I want from this show, and it's never gonna happen. But I, it's exactly what I want. <laughs> I have said several times before that if it was just a sitcom with these people having fun called Full Pack, I would watch it. <laughs> I would want it to be Gilmore Girls. I would instead of instead of Stars Hollow, it's Beacon Hills, and they all like hang out in a diner drink coffee and talk really fast and I I feel like this would be an excellent show and I would watch the shit out of it <laughs> like can we, one, can we one tree hill it where like we skip a few years and they come back and they're like adults with families and like the show gets better because it focuses more on that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh my god Scott McCall is a father don't even look at me <laughs> I'm not okay <laughs> oh my god. um one thing that I love, since we're talking about Scott, is the scene where he, like, has a Sasquatch, and he's Skyping Lydia, and she's like, do you know that there's a Sasquatch hanging out over your shoulder? And he's like, yeah! He likes funny ins. Oh my gosh. I, okay, yeah, you know it's not a podcast that I'm on if I'm not talking about Scott McCall, right? So, <laughs> I just have, I have so many feelings about that scene, because... Like, not only Styles in this fic, like, does has a big role in helping Lydia be okay, but, like, also Scott does, and just, 
him wait like being excited when Lydia answers his FaceTime, even though she hasn't been answering it for months, he doesn't she doesn't pick up and he's like, Why haven't you called me? Why haven't you answered me? He's like, Oh my gosh, you answered me and it's just like this pure joy punctuated by him playing fetch with Sasquatch in the background and her being like, what, this is so weird. And he's like, but it's not trying to kill me. And it even likes styles. So like my life is great right now. And it's just so pure and cute. And he will talk to her about anything and everything she wants to talk about because he knows that that's what she needs. And the fact that he was like, I think I'm going to name it Lydia. And she says, don't you dare. I will not hesitate to fly all the way back there to kill you, Scott McCall. He says, ha, definitely doing it then. Scott yeah. McCall laughing for the win. Just Scott McCall laughing. And then the way he's like, can you please just text him? And Lydia doesn't even need to ask. She's like, she knows it's about styles, and she still can't. She's like, I, I just can't do this. Like, she can't mix him with Harvard, you know what I mean? It's just, it's too hard to put him in this world because like one of the things that she's running away from in Beacon Hills is Styles and like it's not he's not the reason she left by any means but it's like the idea of mixing him with her bliss is it's terrifying to her and she doesn't want to like commit to that concept and I think that at the end the fact that she lets him walk into her room and invade her space like that means that she's finally letting pieces of Beacon Hills truly permeate her safe haven at Harvard and realizing that, like, the town might be terrifying, but people in Beacon Hills are still her safe place and always will be. And that's so important to Lydia as a character who walked by Styles and Scott and ignored them like they were nothing for the entire first season of Teen Wolf. Well, and something I loved about this section was that it, Linus and Lucy was the song. Um, and something I really... A reason I really enjoy that is because I just love Peanuts for one and something that I've really always associated with that is that the comic strip and, and everything was really about Charlie Brown like getting used to his life and letting all these people in and things like that I have my own feels and interpretations of that because I'm weird uh, but for me because that was kind of the thematic element the thematic element in this um, I don't know why I said it that way thematic element in this section and that was the song I had lots of feels and yeah and I just love um in this scene too and i think it speaks to what both of you were, were talking about rachel and and rosemary about um you know lydia learning that she can can be independent and and have this life separate from beacon hills but also still keep and retain the friendships that she built there and the relationships that she built there um it's the fact that she stays on the phone with scott for such a long time and they don't even have to talk they're just hanging out he's playing video games she's doing her homework and they essentially like fall asleep <laughs> while still facetiming and it's just that level of comfort and and scott knowing that she needs to know he's there but they don't have to be actively talking or actively engaging it's just that thing that Scott can offer, you know, that, that support, that silent solidarity and, and love and support and friendship. And I think this scene is really when you first see Lydia beginning to understand that she can let the people back into her life because she has started to, um, to understand that 
again, she can be independent and, and still have her friends. Yeah, there's this really gorgeous line about that, like, in that scene with Scott, when he says, um, of course, Beacon Hills isn't the same, you're not in it. And it says, he says it so frankly, so objectively, as if he's stating the fact that the ecosystem is different after the planet has decided to stop producing rain. It throws her for a moment. Oh, sorry. It throws her for a moment. What notable difference could her departure possibly make to that sleepy town that was always littered with ghosts and disturbances? She's untethered now, unbowed, not an apparition from a bleak storybook, but a breathing, brilliant girl. Should Beacon Hills not be as glad to be rid of her as she is to be rid of it? And that was such a turning point in this big, like, when she's finally questioning, like, maybe it's okay for me to still want to come back to Beacon Hills every once in a while. I don't have to completely close this chapter of my life in order to be okay now. So, so. speaking of closing the chapter, let's talk about the fight that Styles and Lydia have. I mean, like, air quotes fight that Styles and Lydia have when they're on Skype together because I think that this is... I mean, it's clearly the climax of the fic, but it's also, I think, the most beautifully written and most necessary part. The dialogue that they share right there is just, like, completely stunning, and, like, it took my breath away the first time I read it. Um, I, I just... I just think it's gorgeous. He looks like he's sitting cross-legged on his bed with the lights off. In his pajamas, no care in the world except that her webcam is on and he can see her face, and this could very well be the best thing that's happened to him in months. I love that. I love that because it's like he's living this whole life. He's like taking time off. He's on his like gap year and still talking to Lydia Martin is like the best thing, even though he's like living in a town with Scott and Allison, having a grand old time and his dad. It's like, oh my God, Lydia's Skyping me. And like, I, I kind of, I like the idea that even though they're friends, there's still this like really special thing about like he still gets excited to see her and he's still just she's so important to him she's so special to him I think Dylan O'Brien said she's his love she's just his love and that like really strikes me whenever I read something like this that's very quietly content after all this time and all this getting to know each other yeah Styles was so casual in this like Skype call too it was adorable it's like especially at the beginning like, he, you could tell he was, like, trying not to make it as big of a deal as he felt like it was. Like, when she says, you really have to start keeping better hours if we're going to make this work. And, of course, like, anyone would expect Styles to, like, have a heart attack. But instead, he just gives her a look of over-the-top suspicion and points a finger at his webcam accusatory. Like, Styles is so precious. He's like, I can't scare Lydia off. By being by freaking out that she's saying this to me, so I'm just gonna give her finger guns. What a munchkin! <laughs> I love in the scene um, when he kind of let Lydia get it all out. I mean, he doesn't. Um, he kind of calls her <laughs> on um, her her lying basically and saying that um, you know I where she's like, oh, you know, I, I didn't really leave Beacon Hills. He's like, yeah, yeah, you totally did. And she kind of says, well, you know, so what if I am lying? And she goes into this beautiful, beautiful kind of monologue about, um, you know, besides wanting to get as far away as possible from all that bad horror movie garbage and everything associated with it is not that crazy. I mean, I never asked 
asked for a part in it, neither did you. And you, you say you've never thought about forgetting all of it before. You're lying to yourself and to me. And I think it's so important for Lydia to say that. And it's reminiscent of, of both her and Allison kind of realizing that the trauma that happened to them and um, with Peter and Gerard specifically is not their fault. Um, I think... I think it's so, so important. And I just really love, too, the paragraph right after that where Styles just kind of doesn't say anything in return, and, and he lets he lets the revelation that Lydia just, just said kind of sink in for her. Um, and it says, His silence hits her right in the abdomen, firm and inescapable, and strikes a chord of panic. She's said too much. She's been too harsh. She's hurt someone again. She used to be unconcerned with that possibility, but now it sends her into a frenzy of apology, a frantic rush to undo it. The better words fail her in the wake of the ones fringed with fear and spite. She says nothing, neither does he. The light from his screen is making his skin look blue and uncanny like that of a ghost. And then he says, no, you're right. And I just really, really love that exchange because it, it shows how much their relationship has grown. Um, and it also shows how much Lydia has grown. And it's like Jazz has character development. Yes. <laughs> I also like the ghost line because I really feel like in this fic, he is her ghost in a lot of ways. Like her roommate says to her, Phoebe, by the way, who I love, I love their scenes. Um, her roommate says to her that she's murmuring a weird name in her sleep. And she's like, what, what kind of name is that? And Lydia's like, you're crazy. I'm not saying a name while I'm asleep, but like, yeah, Styles is. Sh she's not always thinking about him, and there's a lot of scenes with other characters who aren't Styles. And in fact, I think that out of the core four, Styles gets the least screen time in this fanfic. But like, he's always kind of haunting every single one of her interactions. And by falling in love with him, she kind of made him her ghost in a lot of ways. So I love that line because it was physically showing him the way that he is symbolically represented throughout the fic. Well, it's something I love about that, because you had said that out of the core four, Styles is the one that's here the least. And when he is here, he's doing something very meaningful to the overall character development in the fic. Uh, like, in this section, um, right where from where you were reading, where it's, um, there's an edge to his voice suddenly, where all of a sudden he has feelings and she has feelings, and he's trying to give her space for her feelings, but his feelings are still there. And then when they come out, he says, before all this started, I, I really was nobody. I, I feel like all this has given me purpose in life. Um, it brought us together and all these things. And she says, that's awfully melodramatic of you. And then the, the words should bite, but for some reason they come out tender. And I think that just sums up so much of their relationship that they really make something new together. Yeah, I was, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I wrote in my notes for this section, I said, Styles has this remarkable way of getting to the heart of Lydia's pain and problems and lies. That's why they're such a good fit. Scott will talk around Lydia's problems as much as she wants him to, and Allison will shoot her knowing looks and gently prod her to open up, but only Styles can disarm her with a few words and brush past all the lies she tells herself to get to the heart of the situation and really help her heal. And that's really, like, what this... Wow. section was it was like okay we can we could lie to each other but we're not going to because we're better than that i think one See, thing that all of us love oh. not words wait words. 
I think one thing that all of us love about Cydia is that they don't bullshit each other. I mean, like, they kind of do now, but that's because the writing sucks. But, I mean, like, the pri- throughout season one, season two, season three, which I would say is, like, prime Cydia, they don't bullshit each other, and it's really wonderful, and... It's one of the things I love because Lydia bullshits everyone, and Styles just like sails through life on a cloud of bullshit. And then they meet <laughs> each other, and they like they can't, they aren't that. They're like way more honest versions of themselves, and it's really fun to see the way they challenge each other into honesty. Absolutely, they are two incredibly flawed people. The way all people are flawed. <laughs> And they make something completely. Are you kidding? Rachel's here and she's perfect. How could you say that? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're perfect. You're perfect. But the studio is. You are perfect. Them, they are not perfect. <laughs> One thing that I really, really loved about the last scene of this fic is what we said earlier in the podcast is that Lydia's um, anxious about like talking to Styles and returning Styles' calls and stuff because she doesn't feel like he fits in at Harvard and like she feels like he doesn't mesh with the new life she's trying to build herself. So I felt like it was so great that the way they get together is Styles just shows up out of the blue <laughs> at her dorm in Harvard. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I'm just here to see you. And she like tries to complain, but he's standing there and he just fits so well into her life that she can't help but let him in. And I just feel like that was the perfect, like, symbol of their relationship. Like, as much as Lydia tries to change the hole in her life so that Styles can't fit into it, like, he just finds a way to get himself in there. Yes, and the, the descriptions and the scene were, were so, so cute. Oh, my gosh. The fact that she described Lydia as owl-eyed at one point when she was looking at Styles, and then it just her description of Styles when he's standing out the door with his like pink flush cheeks and uh, I just absolutely love it and one of the things I love too is is how they interact with each other physically in this scene so it's very playful and you don't really get to see Lydia like this I think in the show where you know, she, she shoves him in the shoulder at one point, and he stumbles a little bit. And he and looks overjoyed. She, like, the line is, like, Styles is, like, thrilled. Like, she shoves him, and he's just totally delighted. He's like, woo! <laughs> and then, then he leans in and waggles his eyebrows, and she, it says she uses the opening to slightly swat him in the temple. <laughs> And then he leans forward again, and she primly sets one finger on his forehead and pushes him back. Like, I just love that really, like, flirty, inter- like, exchange because you don't see Lydia interacting with people like that on the show. And so it's such such a nice change and I think so indicative of where their relationship is. And this No, you, you don't see that. And it's wonderful that you see it here. This is such a funny section. Uh, he sways, but he does not lose the dopey, blissful grin. And just, like, back up when she's trying to figure who's at the door. Maybe it's one of Phoebe's friends. Maybe it's public safety. Maybe somebody got their head stuck in the dryer downstairs again, and the school feels the need to admonish its students of the dangers of such stunts. That is freaking hilarious. And I feel like, it, I mean, obviously, Styles and Lydia are the forefront of this and should be because it's a studio fic, and that's wonderful. Uh, but this background description is just freaking hilarious and I appreciated it. Guitar styles is like, real. Dylan O'Brien plays guitar so I'm uh, accepting this into my personal headcanon. 
Well, and something else that I really didn't know that I wanted until I read this was there's that whole thing that Alice and Lily are going back between, like, Scout's honor. You've never been a Girl Scout. Argent's honor. Like, I just picture all these small children around Alice and Argent with, like, guest appearances by her father, <laughs> like, and her teaching them her ways. Like, I would have I would have done those, those Scouts. It's like it's like Amy Poehler. Um, it's like Leslie Nope and the Pawnee Goddesses in Parks and Recreation. I love it. I love it. Allison Argent back from the dead doing that. God, I miss Allison. You see, here's the thing: when Allison is back in these sticks, it makes me miss her more and miss the way the characters could have been if she'd been alive. Yeah. Um, I just want to call out to my favorite line, um, where Styles, um, says. I'm flying back tomorrow night. You're going to be coming home for winter break at the end of the week anyway, right? I just figured I'd drop in, tell you you're amazing, and you're going to revolutionize the field of mathematics, you know, whatever, etc. Um, steal some of your cold medicine, maybe. It's freezing out there. Did you know that? I spent, like, 15 minutes trying to come up with a good styles plus icicle pun. That is how cold it is. I missed him referring to himself in the third person. I was like, it's you! <laughs> <laughs> Also, cold medicine? I was like, Styles, that's not what cold medicine is. <laughs> that's a nice job. Right? Styles just getting drunk off of this cold medicine. <laughs> She's like, let it happen too. She'd be like, I'm gonna let him teach himself a lesson that he's not actually gonna learn. He'll do it again. But I'll laugh. <laughs> so before we conclude, I just wanna do a quick call out at Brella. I have been rereading your fanfics, and I realized, after going through all of them, that you always write the drum roll. She always writes the drum roll, or, like, this, like, tiny, like, almost moment. She never writes kissing or kisses. So, Brella, I'm gonna call you out and tell you that I think you need to prove to us that you know what kissing is. <laughs> Can you please write a, a city fic where they kiss each other at least hey, once? They are kissing through their words and banter. I know, but I am a thirsty hoe, and I'm gonna need me some city makeouts. It's not happening on the show. I need it in fanfiction. I feel like if well, I feel like if Brella were to write a kissing scene, just knowing how beautiful her all of her fics are. Like, I feel like all of us would just, like, spontaneously combust. But I want to spontaneously combust. If bless us with a kissing scene, <laughs> we would just all die. Styles' dialogue in Brella's unwritten kissing scene is going to be amazing. I just know it. <laughs> this is a challenge. We challenge you, Brella. <laughs> Do the thing. Brella, please make me spontaneously combust. With your beautiful kissing scene. <laughs> the girls of the cast demand it. You have an audience. <laughs> you have at least I mean, not, four not people who are going to read this. To us, but it gives us what we want. So, but because Jeff Davis doesn't give us what we want, you need to. So this is our plea to you, Brella. Oh, oh! While you're giving us things that Jeff Davis won't, Styles and Lily are brushing their teeth together. <laughs> <laughs> I need this a lot. Okay. <laughs> and Rachel's domesticity kink comes back. Was it ever gone? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for joining us this week on City Cast. Um, next week, we will be reading A Shadow Resides by the Night by Miss Goalie75. Um, 
and I'm really excited for that because it's a cool, cool fic. Um, it's also 16K, so I think. So you should jump on that and read that as soon as you possibly can. Also, um, if you feel like listening to this fic, the tenderness and sentimental things, get read out loud. I recorded an audio fic of it so you can hear me really, really, really badly attempt to do a Lydia voice and just fail tremendously. Um, but like if you're bored and you're doing something and you want to listen to a fanfic read out loud, I got your back. Rachel, we talked about you saying mean things about yourself. <laughs> I can't read suddenly, I don't know. <laughs> so okay. I am Rachel, I am Ron Gasm on Tumblr. I'm Anya, and I'm Style Soul X Lydia on Tumblr. I am Rachel, and I am MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. I am Rosemary, I am Row Your Boat on Tumblr, and you can buy StidiaCast merchandise at cafepress.com slash StidiaCast. And we have lots of sexy things like footy pajamas and flasks and wallets and iPad cases and duffel bags. So you should do that. <laughs> I, don't think I've ever heard any, that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody describe footy pajamas as sexy, but, like, I'm behind this. What <laughs> okay, do you want me to say? Golf shirt? Because I find footy pajamas sexier than a golf shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go buy your sexy Cydia footy pajamas, and we will see you next week. Here at Cydia Cast, we review and discuss our favorite Cydia fanfics. If you enjoyed today's fic, go tell the author the things you love best about it. You can find us at StidiaCast on Tumblr and on Twitter at Stidia underscore cast. A special thanks to our sound editor, Rosemary, row your boat on Tumblr, and to our incredible anonymous donor for making season two of StidiaCast possible. Thank you for listening and see you next time.